Chirp Radio's First Time is a quarterly live lit and music series recorded at Martyrs in North Center. The theme this round was First Try. First of all, yeah, I do a lot of shit, which is probably why I should have read the full email. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my song is not gonna match my story. So don't even try to correlate it. I'm just helping y'all out now. I selected the story way before the song. Uh, I mean the story, you know what the fuck I'm saying. All right, so getting to the story. So the first time I saw my husband, I was on stage doing stand-up comedy four months pregnant. And I was so bitter and hateful. I hated men. I wanted them all to fucking die, blow up. <laughs> because my baby daddy wasn't shit. Uh, and the crazy thing about it is it wasn't that he wasn't shit, it's that I was pregnant with this baby that I didn't wanna have. I had just did Comedy Central for the first time and I came to him early in, six weeks, like, yo, I got a baby inside me, but I ain't keeping it though. And he was like, what kind of Christian are you? I know, right? And at that time, I believed in Christianity, so I was like, oh shit. What kind of Christian am I? So I kept the baby. So I was on stage, four months pregnant, bitter, and there he was, light, bright, Asian, sitting in the midst of an all-black crowd. And I was like, who you with? And he was with some black girl, and I talked about them for the next 20 minutes. Uh, I was like, I'm sure you got him from the beauty supply store, bitch. And I utilized all my ignorance that night. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was so cool about it. He walked up to me after the show. He was like, oh my God, that was so funny. You're amazing. We're gonna come back. And when he said that, I thought he meant him and the young lady he was with. I didn't know he meant two weeks later, him and a different black chick. I was like, oh, so you an Asian pimp, huh? I feel you, bro. Um, so I did the same thing. I talked about him and her that night because what else could I do? I was still pregnant and I was still very angry. Um, so then we somehow got connected via Facebook and he had tried for months to be my friend and I wasn't available. I had too many friends back when you had too many friends, you couldn't accept more people. And um, eventually we got connected and I was on Facebook. I was about six months pregnant and I was mad and I was pissed off writing messages like, fuck men, I hope they all die. And he commented on my status and said, he hates when men take women out and pretend that they've had sex with them, it's the woman's fault, when in all actuality you've done something to seduce her or make her want to have sex with you. So own up, right? And this was back when you couldn't respond via iPhone. This was in 2010, and you could, but it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as good as, I had a fucking hello moto, like that's the kind of phone I had at the time. So I wasn't able to respond to the message, so I was like, ooh, when I get home, I gotta respond to this, right? And so I like dropped everything I was doing and ran home to get to my computer. And by the time I got there, he deleted it. Yeah, so I'm like, what? So I immediately went to his page and posted a status and said, hey, did you write something on my page and then delete it? And then he wrote, yeah, I felt like it was out of context for the message that you was trying to send. And I was like, how fucking thoughtful, right? How considerate. <laughs> and so I 
replied back and said, well, I did get a chance to read what you wrote, and when I'm done doing me and you done doing you, let's say June 2013, does that work? <laughs> and then he replied back and said, I'm gonna go grab my tux today. And we LOL'd it off and did not speak for three months. So fast forward, three months later, I've had the baby, I'm still very angry, and... <laughs> And I'm in the hospital uh, because she was having some health complications. So I was in the hospital and I'm messaging, I'm on Facebook in her room and I'm messaging uh, different people and I see this picture of some spaghetti pop up on my screen. And I noticed that he posted it and it was in his folder, Real Men Cook. And so I replied, Real Women Eat. <laughs> And then he immediately messaged me and said, hey, when the next time you're gonna be at the comedy club, I'll bring you some spaghetti to the club. And then I replied back and said, well, my daughter, she's having some health complications. I'm not gonna be back at the club in, in a while. In fact, they're transferring her to Riley's Children's Hospital this weekend. So I'll be back to take my finals because I was in school at the time because I always do way too fucking much with my life. So uh, <laughs> I was like, I'll be back to take my finals, but then I'm driving up to Indianapolis to be with her and I'll be staying at the Ronald McDonald House, et cetera. And so he was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but how about I meet you on your way up there and I'll give you a few, you know, a couple tubs of spaghetti to take up there with you. <laughs> and so at this point, I'm like, oh my God, like this dude is just way too, too given. I gotta check out his profile, right? <laughs> and so that's when I started going through pictures and I saw that he was a single dad and he was like really, really a good single dad. Like they was at the park and shit in a lot of pictures. Not just one park picture photo shoot, no. Like different outfits, different hairstyles, different seasons. Like this was a thing he did with his daughter was like visit the park. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh shit. And then I started thinking like, oh, my daughter need a daddy too, right? And I just got... <laughs> Super excited. <laughs> but no, I started looking at his picture and I was like, okay, cool. I guess he can bring me some spaghetti. He seems pretty cool. He don't seem like he'll kill me. He has a, he has a daughter. You know, this will be cool. So I said, cool, let's meet at the Cracker Barrel in Indiana, like heading up to 65 um, Saturday morning at 10. So we met at the Cracker Barrel. I had pancakes. <laughs> Just because I always have pancakes at Cracker Barrel. They're delicious. Uh, so I had pancakes, we met, we talked, it was amazing, we really kicked it off. It was just like, it was, I didn't know what to expect. He was Asian. I was like, dude, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, this will never work. What do you eat? Like, I was not sure how to like connect with him on any level, but we had a lot in common. We really liked each other. And so then we got ready to leave. And this is when I knew this was probably gonna work. We got ready to leave and he was like, oh, let me get your spaghetti out the car. And he popped the trunk and he pulled out two recyclable bags, recyclable bags. Trader Joe recyclable bags. And inside of them was the good Tupperware. Not the Tupperware you put in the microwave and that shit melt, no, 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 no. This was like the expensive Tupperware and they were individually packed with silverware rolled in napkins. Oh God, okay, okay, bitch, oh, hold up. <laughs> rolled in napkins with garlic bread separately packed so that it does not get wet. Ooh, Lord. I was like, okay, I see you. I see you, bro. Then I got to the Ronald McDonald house and the spaghetti was good as fuck. It was the best spaghetti 
ever taste in my life. It was amazing. And it lasted me about a week. It was, it was amazing. And he would drive up, fast forward, he would drive up to the Ronald McDonald house on the weekends and he would spend the weekend with me because it was, it was a, I had to be there, you know? And when I got comfortable enough to drive back home and leave her up there because she was in the hospital for the first 10 months of her life. So when I got, I know, because she was born at eight months and I wasn't expecting it, it was totally unexpected. And uh, I would drive home and then our daughters, come to find out, were the same age and the same grade Right? It was crazy. And I was like, this is so perfect. And we started to connect as a family, driving back and forth to Indianapolis, started doing a lot of things as a family, taking trips as a family. We ultimately became a family um, in this little year span. And then Heaven came home from the hospital on the 27th of September, two days before my 30th birthday. And then on my 30th birthday, he asked me to marry him at, yes. <laughs> At um, Oprah Winfrey's network, uh, her her uh, Ho Oprah Winfrey's restaurant, not her network. We were not at her network. We were not there. Uh, we were at her restaurant. That's what he asked me, and it was just such a beautiful thing. And I said yes, of course. And then we started the the journey of going back and forth to Indianapolis because Heaven was getting sick and then she was getting better and then she was getting sick. It was a lot of helicopter rides, I think like four or five, and just a lot was going on. And then um, ultimately she passed away in February of 2012. He spoke at her funeral. He was listed as her father on her, birth on her death certificate and he bought a truck so that we could drive back and forth with all of her equipment. He was literally like my superhero and during that stint in my life. And I also think about how beautiful of a, a, a family, how that just came together because my daughter and his daughter ultimately became those daughters that, I mean, those sisters for one another that my daughter ultimately lost from her younger sister passing away. And it was just so beautiful. And just to wrap this up really quick, cause I know I can get long-winded. We got married in June of 2013. Uh, we had to go back through those Facebook messages and dig for the message where we had set that date because we weren't even thinking about dating when we sent that. Like that was months prior. And then all of a sudden we go on the spaghetti date and we like each other and it turns into a real thing. So we had to dig for the date and we got married June 2013 in Dominica Republic. And um, yeah, and every time we think about, every time I think about my journey with him I just feel like everything came together perfect because the first show, and I'm gonna I'm wrap this up. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna wrap this up. <laughs> I really am, oh my God. A mic just turns me on. I'm gonna wrap this up. But, <laughs> so the very first show that I did after that whole stint, cause I was like, oh my God, I'm about to be on Comedy Central. I can't have a baby right now. Then I ultimately decided to have a baby and then went through that whole journey and then got married, well, got proposed to at Oprah Winfrey's restaurant and then the first show after my daughter passed away that I got offered to was a no show on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And I just, I'm one of those type of people that like to correlate things and I just felt like him asking me coming into my life and then asking me at this restaurant randomly that I've, it's not like I mentioned that I loved her or no shit like that. He just randomly chose that restaurant. And then for me to be on her show and for us to just have this connection um, I feel like everything happened for a reason. And I don't think that heaven 
was ever meant to live. I don't think she was meant to live. I know that she broke down some walls and some barriers for me that I would have had up any other time had I not been dealing with that situation. I would have never dated a fucking Asian. I'm sorry, I just wouldn't have. It's, it's, I'm, from, I'm serious, I'm from the hood and you say the stereotypes aren't real, but I had stereotyped him already. I was like, you're fucking Asian. Your dick's probably this big. I can't be with, like I had these ideas about him because that's all I knew. Um, First man to make me have an orgasm via penetration. I mean, he's just an amazing man and he does all the cooking. And bitch, yes, I'm Kelly Howard, thank you. Higher and higher 
Find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.